0: Okay, let's begin with our lecture verse. The unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect truth is seldom met with, even in the hundred thousand myriad couplets Now we can see and hear it. We can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth one with myself. Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha. So, oh, um, today I want to continue uh, the series that I've been doing on Attitude of Gratitude, and this is part four. Um, the, um, and I've been using the first three vows of Samantabhadra Bodhisattva as an outline. Uh, the first talk, I talked about um, ceremonial forms uh, in our daily Practice here at the monastery and how to adapt those for daily life. And um, the second talk was on bowing, that's the first vow. Um, last time, um, part three, um, I continued talking about bowing and talked a little bit about uh, the vows of Sabanta Bhadra and how they are applicable. Apropos- everyone, not just um, monastics. Um, And so um, this talk um, we're going to go on to the second vow and um, as I began in part two um, we're going to be looking at uh, Dogen's Shobo Genzo and some places where he talks about this. Um, and in all of these talks, I'm I'm trying to point to how we make use of these forms uh, in our daily life. You know, they're not just ceremonial forms. Um, this talk may be a little may be a little long, so forgive me um, if it goes on. It seems to go on and on. Uh, it's hard to boil Dogen down. <laughs> You know, because he's was a very prolific uh, writer and speaker and um, uh, very profound. I don't pretend to understand him completely, but every once in a while I get a glimpse. And so what I all hope to offer today are some of the glimpses that, that I've seen. Um, so let's um, first look at the Avatamsaka scripture, which is where um, Samantabhadra's vows come from. Um, uh, the pilgrim Sudana in the first vow, has visualized billions of Buddhas and billion Buddha lands and vowed to bow to all of them simultaneously. Okay, so this is pointing to something that we can't literally do, but we, that's the spirit in which we want to approach things in our life. We bow to everything. And so the, sec- the second um, um, vow is called praising Tathagatas. And Tathagata is just another word for Buddha. It's how the Buddha referred to himself. It means something um, like like this. Uh, he sometimes uh, sometimes often translated as "thus come one." Okay, it doesn't translate easily into English. But um, the vowel goes with seas of each and every sound, a everywhere let fall, words and phrases, wonderful and endless. Which now and through all the eons of the future praise the wide, deep sea of the Buddha's merit and virtue. Um, so, for the purpose of this talk, I'm um, um, equating praising Tathagata's with the recitation of scriptures, because I think when we recite scriptures, it um, helps engender gratitude. Okay. Um, scriptures are the words of the Buddha, or the great ancestors and masters down the centuries. Um, it said it's um, rare to obtain A human birth and equally rare to encounter the Dharma. It's also said that encountering the Dharma is as rare of rare as encountering a tiger in the marketplace. Um, Nowadays with the internet uh, I'm sure there there's um, thousands if not millions of hits you can (laughs) land on if you googled uh, dharma you know but I think there's a difference between seeing it and reading it um, and encountering it when we encounter it we open our hearts and we can understand it Um, there's another little saying of Zen that you know when the um, student is ready the teacher appears you know until we're ready to hear it It's just um, uh, ink on a page or digital, um, I don't know what you call them, um, little flashing lights on a screen. Um, So we want to really um, encounter the Dharma. Um, Dogen talks about in the showbook, and so, uh, scriptures and Dharma in, in many places. Um, I'm going to just uh, pull a few passages out of two discourses. One is uh, Discourse 20, Kin in Japanese and it just translates as on reading scriptures. And the other is Discourse 50, which is bukyo, um, which simply means on Buddhist scriptures. And it sounds like there's a a great um, distance between those 20 and 50, but they were actually only given several years apart. Um, Let me start with uh, Discourse 50, because I think it underlies um, Dogen's teaching and also uh, provides some context for what I'm offering today. Um, In Discourse 50, uh, Dogen is really coming down hard about the importance of scriptures, the written texts. He was trying to uh, counter a trend that he encountered in China where people said, oh all you have to do is meditate. you don't need scriptures okay um, I think that this is similar to what um, Reverend Master Ji-Yu encountered when she came you know back to the West, there were some teachers who were just emphasizing meditation and um, she from the get-go emphasized uh, scriptures and precepts as well. I think she knew the Western mind. She was trying to counter what was then called beat zen. Okay. Um, that's sort of where I got my own start you know, so I can uh, sympathize. Um, I started with meditation, but didn't have the benefits of scriptures or precepts, and I created some suffering. Um, um, the most uh, grievous example of, you know, meditation and um, taken out of um, uh, its context was in Nazi Germany, where the SS troops were taught to meditate. They even had their old meditation hall and had retreats. You know, so it shows how meditation, uh, just meditation can be misused. Now that's a, that's a, a quite grievous example. Um, And so I think we need to be wary in our contemporary world of um, those who are teaching meditation or mindfulness uh, without the context of uh, uh, scriptures and um, precepts. Dogen's going to point to a, a figurative understanding of the scriptures. He's going to point beyond the written text, um, but we need to know that uh, he's doing in that doing that in the context of studying the written text. Um, you need to know the language. You need to know the vocabulary. You need to know the grammar of the Dharma. in in order to encounter it in daily life, Um, You know, two examples Dogen gives of daily life being a scripture is um, the monk who had an awakening upon hearing uh, a tile hit a bamboo, or another monk who had an awakening upon seeing Uh, peach blossoms in bloom. And I think it was Reverend Master G who who made the point that um, you don't go around throwing stones at bamboo. bamboo. (laughs) You know, you don't go around staring at peach blossoms. Um, Both of those monks had spent 20 to 30 years in monasteries training. And uh, those sounds or those sights Uh, were the catalysts for an awakening. But they had to do the training in order for uh, the circumstances to open up for them. Okay. Um, Let's um, go back to discourse uh 20 and it's interesting that uh both of these scriptures they're both both of these discourses they're both about scriptures um start with um the same thing and that's both dogan emphasizing the importance of um scriptures and spiritual friends okay he says Our good spiritual friends refers to the Buddhas and ancestors, those who have completely realized their true self. Sutras is a technical term for scriptural texts, which are spiritually complete in and of themselves. Because self-nature, that's capitalized, because self-nature, is what all Buddhas and ancestors are, and because self-nature is what all scriptures are, this is the way all things are. Okay, Everything um, is our true self. Everything is Buddha nature. Okay? And, um, I think it's interesting that um, another another way to look at this is that when he talks about the scriptures um, in this opening, he's he's talking about the Dharma, the second of the three treasures. Okay, and when he talks about um, spiritual friends, he's talking about the Sangha. Again, he's emphasizing the three treasures right off the bat. And um, the the third or first of the three treasures is, of course, the Buddha. And for myself, I always associate that with meditation. Okay? Um, Although, as I just said, we don't want to take meditation out of context. Um, we do need to do it if we hope to understand the Dharma. Um, Dogon, or any you know spiritual Buddhist writings, aren't going to make much sense if you're not doing your meditation, okay there's just going to be um, you know black ink on paper okay? there's just going to be words um It's the meditation that is the key that opens the Dharma in our hearts okay? um And I'm going to kind of go back and forth between these two discourses. Um, Dogen says what we call scriptures is precisely the whole universe in all directions. There is no time or place that is not a scripture. Some scriptures make use of the language of ultimate reality, whereas others make use of the language of secular reality. Some make use of the language of celestial beings, whereas others make use of the language of human beings. Some make use of the language that animals speak, whereas others make use of the language that assure us speak. Some make use of the words that sprout up like hundreds of grasses in a field, whereas others make use of the words that flourish like the thousands of trees in a woodland. Thus it is that what is long or short, square or round, as well as what is blue, yellow, red, or white, all of which are arrayed throughout the whole universe, like ever so many trees in a forest, are the words of a scripture. They are what appears on the f- surface of a scriptural text; otherwise, everything is a scripture. Okay, continues. Um. It opens the gateway to skillful means and the gateway to abiding in one's true place. Abiding in one's true place is sitting still in meditation, being um, still in our own heart, our true place. And without forsaking a single person or even half a person, it points to the true real form. Real form is um, a phrase Dogen uses um, to uh, uh, refer to ultimate reality. It's the real form of things, not just the surface form, but to its true nature. Dugan uh, continues, the time of positively procuring a scripture is beyond past and present. Because past and present are simply moments in the time of procuring a scripture. What is manifesting right now before our very eyes is the whole universe in all ten directions. This is what procuring a scripture really means. When this scripture has been accepted by us and then passed on to others by reading or reciting it, we can say that the scripture has made full contact with us. We've had a real encounter. This state of affairs quickly becomes a scattering of flowers and a making of garlands. At first we see only the words embedded within phrases, but there is something indescribable to be found within the lines. We call such scriptures the Dharma. And then he gives some examples of um, 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 the ways that various masters have helped their disciples understand the truth uh, in daily life, okay? Um, Then he makes a really good point which underscores the importance of scriptures in daily life and using scriptures in daily life and making daily life a scripture. It says, From the first, doing one's utmost in training within the sangha and diligently doing seated meditations, or Buddhist scriptures. And they are Buddhist scriptures right to the end. They are scriptures written on leaves from the Bodhi tree. They are scriptures written upon the vast expanse of sky. He's pointing to this um, deeper figurative meaning of scriptures. Everything in the universe is a scripture. Everything is an embodiment of the truth. Jumping back to um, Discourse Twenty, Dogen says, "As soon as we have begun to investigate the Buddhas and ancestors through our training, then, some considerable difficulty." You know, he acknowledges that um, training is hard. You know, it's uh, rare to encounter the Dharma um, to practice to keep a, a daily meditation practice is difficult. He isn't uh, mincing words here. He knows how difficult it is. But when we begin to do this, we begin to explore and train with scriptural text. At this time, what manifests before us are the hearing, keeping to, accepting, an expounding of the scriptures that we experience with our ears, our eyes, our tongue, our nose, our body, our mind, no matter what place we go to, listen from, or speak at. This is why scriptures have been passed on and preserved on trees and on rocks. Why they have spread through field and town, why they are why they are presented to us by worlds of motes, and why they are opened up and lectured on by boundless space. You see how Dogen is really taking something um, as ordinary as written text and really expanding it. We have to expand our mind, you know, if we want to um, read the universe, you know, if we want to understand what the universe is teaching us. encourage you to um, read these discourses for yourself again I'm kind of jumping uh, back and forth um, we have um, Rivermaster Hubert's uh, translation of the show bookinslow on the shafts Abbey website on the publications page and um, for me this is a um, Another of the great gifts that River Master Jiu gave us. She asked Rivermaster Master Hubert to translate the Shobo Genzo. It caught him really by surprise. <laughs> um, it's something I don't think he ever uh, considered or even imagined translating. Um, as I don't, and I don't know that she uh, expected it to take 14 years. <laughs> But I'm glad he persevered. And um, 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 I find it very rich. Um, I don't pretend to understand all of it. Dogen uh, can be very uh, impenetrable at times, but I think it's worth the effort. And um, what I find helps me is just to read it without an expectation. And I read it out loud, you know, just like it's a scripture. I think something sinks in, okay? Um, There are some discourses that are easier than others. I'll start with the easy ones, okay? Some of them are very practical. Um, uh, But I think it's worth... um, the effort. Okay. uh, Going back to uh, Dogen here. um, He says, the Buddhas and ancestors have inhaled and expelled the scriptures through their nostrils, and they have absorbed and expelled the scriptures through their toes. Otherwise, they're always teaching. And if you ever uh, train closely with um, uh, a teacher, um, it can seem everything they do is a teaching. Now, you can learn from everything that um, uh, they do. And I'm uh, going to come back to this um, idea that uh, the scriptures are as close as our breath. And our breath we can take everywhere. The inhalation and exhalation. Dogan continues, We receive scriptures and give expression to scriptures by means of the whole earth with its mountains and rivers. And we receive scriptures and give expression to scriptures by means of the sun, moon, and stars. Dogan's trying to open up um, our idea of what scriptures are. The way that I um, look at these teachings in the context of you know, Samantabhadra's Subhantabha, vows, you know, the first vow is to uh, bow to all Buddhas. This is he, all things of Buddha nature. There's no duality between subject and object, between self and other. Uh, between in here and out there, the second vow, praising Tathagatas for me, is more dynamic. Okay? Um, when the Buddha gives teaching, it's even called turning the wheel of the Dharma. Okay, it involves movement. Okay. Um, And it said that uh, a well-expressed scripture will cause the wheel to turn within ourselves. Again, there's a movement um, within our own hearts. And so how I uh, like to, how I found it helpful to uh, practice this vow is to, See and use all activities as scripture. You want to see all things as Buddha. You can regard all activities as scripture. It's the scripture of washing one's face in the morning or walking to the grocery store or taking out the trash. Everything can be a scripture there, and Dogen gives many, you know, examples in in these um, discourses. I'll end with a story that Dogen um, includes in both of these discourses, so he must have considered it uh, quite important. And it's pointing back to that our very uh, breathing in and out is a scripture. And it's a story about uh, Prajnatara. Uh, she's one of our ancestors. Uh, the ancestral line, she's referred to by her Japanese name, which is Hanyatara. Uh, Kohozenji in Japan, River Master Jiyu's master, uh, told her that there were female masters in our ancestral line. And our our uh, prior up in Canada, uh, River Master Kotet you know, found evidence that at least one of them uh, was Prajnatara. Now, Prajnatara is Bodhidharma's Master. And last week, we celebrated the festival of Bodhidharma, who took the um, Dharma, the, the Zen tradition, to China. Uh, Prashnatara was um, his master in southern India, and she was considered to be a Bodhisattva. And this story, the context for the story is uh, she was called before the uh, king of southern India and asked to give a Dharma talk. You know, rulers of those days would often, you know, ask, uh, you know, spiritual uh, teachers to come and give a talk, you know, in their court. You know, um, the rulers often um supported uh, religions of all kinds because they felt it was helpful for the country. So he's called uh, Prashnatara, you know, um, to offer him the teaching. And she says, In my humble way, what I breathe out does not conform itself to external conditions and events. And what I breathe in, does not take up residence in the realm of my skandhas, now in the five aggregates that make up a human body. Okay. Um, she's essentially saying I'm not attached to anything. Okay, as um, you know, her disciple Bodhidharma uh, will tell the emperor of um, China, there's nothing from the first. I think maybe that's the sixth patriarch, but uh, Bodhidharma said something similar. Prajnatara continues, the scriptures that I recite are always like this, for they are comprised of hundreds of thousands of millions of billions of scrolls, not just one or two scrolls. Again, she's pointed to this immensecy um, of the dharma. Right? In Dogen comments, hearing what our ancestral master said in this way, we should explore through our training that she caused the scriptures to revolve with her every exhalation and inhalation. Um, If you've ever been here at uh, New Year's Eve when the celebrant uh, takes the scripture of great wisdom and fans it in all directions. You know, it's an accordion-type scripture which was common in the East. and, And she fans it going back and forth, back and forth in all directions, up and down and sideways and behind or in front, Um, that's called revolving a scripture. Um, It's offering the teaching in all directions. It's similar to what happens when people uh, revolve a a prayer wheel. The scripture is giving out in all directions. Dogan says, to understand revolving the scriptures in this way, otherwise in her every exhalation and inhalation, is to know wherein the scriptures reside. They reside within ourselves. Because she could revolve them, and there was something to revolve, which was her revolving the scriptures and the scriptures revolving her, she must have totally understood and recognized what they are. Okay? So, everything we do can be a scripture. Now every activity is a scripture. Um... um when we meditate, uh, we bring the breath up the spine, over the head, and down the front of the body. It's circular. That's the wheel, and when we meditate, we set that wheel in motion. Okay. So, so this is ref- referring to something as intimate as our own meditation is as intimate as our own breath. Breathing in, breathing out. And we can take that everywhere. We're always as close as our own breath. So I'll leave that with you. Um, next time we'll, we'll talk about making offerings. Uh, I hope that um, you can see the practical application of these forms. Um, we we talked last time uh, about making vows and looked at Bodhidharma's teaching. On this, and, and he was talking very specifically about how bowing is something that we do uh, within our own body and mind. He is bowing to our true nature and following that. Okay. Um, reciting the scriptures, the same idea. Okay. The scriptures are within us, we give expression to the scriptures in what we do. And we can uh, hear, not just with our ears, but our whole body and mind, we can hear what everything is teaching us. Everything is a scripture. Every one of us is a scripture. Um, Again, we we overcome that duality of uh, me over here and the universe over there. Okay, uh, we realize that through meditation. Yeah. Meditation is the foundation of this, and um, by doing the meditation, uh, we we activate the scriptures within ourselves, and we um, we activate our heart. Uh, With the capacity to hear what the universe is teaching. Okay, so thank you for being here this morning.